It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Uh, Alicia Mullings' initial report is being followed up, so she believes that... Uh, Andy McGrath, injured Essendon star, is one of the players who faces the hard lockdown period from a regraded Tier 1 site. Tom Morris has Essendon, North Melbourne and Sydney as the affected clubs. So one player and two staff at Essendon, one player in hard lockdown from North Melbourne and a staff member, an employee uh, from the Sydney Swans. And at least a part of this relates to the, the rugby game at Amy Park on Tuesday night, which... Uh, portions of the ground have been regraded as tier one sites. So there'll be questions around this as AFL players and staff had uh, been uh, instructed to step back into the very limited lifestyle, not leaving the house, etc., to minimise the risk. Um, going to the rugby would not represent minimising the risk. So I think there'll be, I know there's a degree of angst towards actions that have sort of led to the exposure. Now, what is the spin-off for that? North Melbourne and Essendon are due to play tomorrow in Queensland and, and Sydney and the Giants the same. So just remind me, just for my own knowledge, if they're Tier 1 and then they've gone and seen other players, what's those other players' protocol from there legally? So I think that they become Tier 2, which is test, negative, okay. uh, isolate until that comes back. Gotcha, okay. Um, but the Tier 1 is non-negotiable. It's it's the 14 days regardless of testing. Mm. Um, so there are, there are yeah. multiple players and staff members from multiple clubs who are caught up as Tier 1, ex, uh, tier one site exposures uh, and they're out of business for the time being we're gearing up for a big day of footy for dometic fuel your advantage your adventure with dometic's outdoor drinkware st kilda are playing port adelaide so we touched base with port adelaide a little earlier on and, and st kilda's itinerary i wonder what that is now so simon lethleen uh, from the saints is with us hello simon good day jared how you going i'm well you get the feeling that life's a bit complicated at the moment <laughs> uh, yeah, things change every couple of hours. So um, try and do what our club site tells us to do and just live in the present and let uh, everything else unfold. It's, uh, yeah, there's far too much going on. The AFL guys do an unbelievable job. How many iterations of this game have you been through, do you reckon, over 48 hours? Uh, I reckon I've only told the players and staff about two of them, but yeah, there's been a fair few. Um, lots of it flows through to our West Coast game to make sure we can get to Perth in time to do six days in quarantine and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's probably the same for every team, though, I guess. Are you expecting to fly to Perth tomorrow? No, we're flying straight from here. So oh, we're, from we'll here. get this game, we'll get the game here, and then we'll go straight to um, to the airport and fly out at about seven, I reckon. So we'll get to Perth at, uh, what's that, nine-ish, and check in uh, for sort of hard quarantine the first night and then get down to Joondal up uh, tomorrow morning for, for six days down there. When... So the Bulldogs are the most recent team to go through this. Does it create a um, – are you sort of braced for it a little bit? That this is the this is the hardest road in footy at the moment? I suppose so, but um, it looks like the teams that have embraced it well have, have had a win over there and, you know, garnished, you know, some some galvanised the group and, um, and got on with the job. I mean, every club's having to do something like this along the way and um, – did a stack of it last year and it sort of suited us. So, um, yeah, we just got to get on with it and uh, keep the comp rolling and, and try and keep momentum up and keep spirits up, but also keep growing, which we've sort of been 
the flavour for the last four weeks for us. So has everybody brought their travel gear to the ground today? Yeah, told them to pack light like last time I went to Queensland. So, um, yeah, we've uh, just got our, our carry-on bags and everyone's got their gear, the buses here, and we'll just um, keep motoring on from here. We're taking a, you know, a squad of 30 players, basically everyone that's sort of fit for selection. Um, yeah, so everyone's going to be here and, and just keep motoring on from, from Marvel. Have you got any staff or players who can't go? Uh, yeah, staff-wise, yes. We had to... Um, to be able to play this game against Port, we had to uh, self-isolate from from Thursday, which means we couldn't leave the house but for training or for an emergency, including our family. So there's a few a few staff that couldn't do that that are mainly in the medical area, so physio and doctors. So we've got a few that can't make it. So we've got some um, some of our second and third um, employees in those slots uh, and a few of the train, trainer types, but. The rest of our coaching and um, and key football staff uh, are able to make it, but you know not without um, rejigging some things and also leaving you know partners to homeschool and everything else. We all know about. And I mean, obviously, last time around there was tension around a, a couple of players in a very public conversation. Um, are all the players settled and able to go that you want to go? Yep, everyone's uh, everyone's on board that uh, is available for selection next week, which is good. Are you? Is everyone getting their heads around that this this Melbourne lockdown is likely to be longer than than five days, and what the implications of that might be? Uh, oh, look, I think um, community-wise, I'm sure people are. I think, given we've known we were heading off to Perth, we haven't had to think about Melbourne next week. I suppose is the best way to put it. But um, yeah, I mean, 19 tests um, is not usually conducive to a to a Tuesday break in the cycle, but. Fingers crossed for everyone in Victoria that it is because um, uh, as compared to footballs and teams that can keep motoring along with very good management, there's lots of businesses and people and kids and community sport and stuff that's really suffering. So I hope it's not the case. Simon Lethlin is the Chief Operating Officer at St Kilda with us on Crunch Time. Nick Del Santo, Justin Lepich, Craig Jennings. Well, Lethers, good luck for today and then obviously getting over to the West. And I think you play the Blues on the way back, so we'll wait to see how that falls in a couple of weeks' time. I just want to ask generically about the turn of form in the recent weeks, the Tigers and then the Lions away from home. And there's been a lot of conversation about the, the review, but if you could just say a couple of things regarding on-field, what the, has been the biggest change in the form and, and why the last couple of weeks have been so good for the club? Yeah, thanks, Dale. Look, yeah, look, I mean, I think um, media and external parts of the, the industry love to talk about reviews and they love to catastrophise, you know, where clubs are at when they're out of form. And um, you also leave yourself exposed when you do play poorly like we, we had across the course of the first uh, part of the season and also, you know, two games on the road uh, in Sydney and Cairns. Um, we actually played pretty well against the Swans, against a pretty good side there and could have won but didn't um, and then had a, a poor result against the Crows. So that, that was that put us in the spotlight. But um, yeah, we'd actually gone on the road there in not good enough form, um, intending on spending the time there to work out where we were at. And we had a pretty good, um, pretty good lens over the improvements we needed to make. Um, again, not in a catastrophic sense, but certainly understanding how far off um, a premiership team we were um, and the gaps we needed to fill there in how we operate and how we communicate and, and how we prepare and all sorts of areas. So that's not a short-term fix, but I think we've got a lens on how to improve them. I think we've started that process and you can probably see some of the the growth from 
um, from that understanding. But, you know, without sort of wanting to simplify it, it doesn't hurt to have um, Membry, Ross, Marshall, Ryder um, all come back into your team. Um, and also to get some growth out of some younger blokes in Burns and Mackenzie Dunstan playing well, um, Connolly getting a game, um, you know, and some some of the more older war horses like Webster sort of finding some form. So you can't shy away from the fact that you do play better when your best players are there with you. And you must be proud of a couple of individuals, but also the courage to move players to different positions. Brad Hill going the half-back line, Ben Long coming back into the team, but going back in the forward line. And just the, their output, I guess, over the last couple of weeks and how it has resulted in the wins. Yeah, Sinclair and Hill are in pretty good form across half-back. Um, I think it's been talked about a bit this year that the wing has evolved into a bit of a different structural position this year with, um, you know, those that can uh, run and position themselves well and also, you know, cover outlets and what whatnot, which is, I think, where you're seeing the evolution of McKenzie playing that role pretty well. He's got a big tank uh, and maybe it was a, not that it wasn't suiting Hilly, but um, there's better spots for him right now. I think the last two weeks he's had 25 and 30 stats at 100% efficiency, which is his go. Um, so he's in good form and Sinclair has been too. Um yeah, I mean, the the team is is actually focusing on um, you know team first mentality more than perhaps we ever have, and you know some punters sort of talk about whether whether Butler's in good form, but you know since round eleven he's been number one pressure player in the comp, and that's what we want from him. Um, you know, Steely's been the, the highest rated player in the comp, so there's some guys in pretty good nick, um, but it's more about how the twenty two band together and get their jobs done, which is why we love how Dunson's going. That's why we love how. Um, you know, Mackenzie's playing, and I think Longy's GPS last week on his his speed and his endurance was the highest it's ever been at the club, and he's no different athlete. He's just, um, I think he knows his role better um, through all the work we've been doing as a group to, to improve ourselves. So there's lots of positives, but we're still a long way uh, from standing in the last day of September, and we realise that, but we're heading, heading the right way. Yeah, Simon, it has, it has been a mixed year, as you mentioned, and you, you mentioned the Sydney game and the, the Adelaide game. You'd be 40 points. You'd be sitting there on seventh on the ladder, two games clear. A lot of the messaging coming out of St Kilda this season, as you said, been on and off the field. It's been a little bit mixed, but off the field as well. Andrew Bassett said our genuine window would more likely be 2022, not 21. Uh, are St Kilda going for it now, given that if you add the, St. Kilda, the Sydney and Adelaide games to that and the style and the way you've been playing the last month, is it is it this year for the Saints? Is it having a crack or is it like Andrew Bassett said, you're sort of moving more towards next year? I don't know. If, if we internally are focused on whether it's this year, I mean, I listened to you a couple of weeks ago, Leffel, when I reckon Dougal Howe was on talking about where we're at, and I thought you summarised us pretty well. We're starting to work out that, you know, we're a hearty winter stew, I think you said, which is <laughs> we need to be, be blue-collar and, and dig in deep and, and get on with things and try hard and work hard and work as a team, and that's what we've been doing. The external noise and the, the commentary you know, senior operators at the club have to give um, is part of the industry. Um, I think like anyone now, if you can find yourself a chance to get in the eight, we'll take it from there. Did it last year. We we got into the eight and, and, and did okay in the finals. You know, the Tigers are back sniffing around the eight. If they get in, they'll be hard work. It feels like one of those years where if you can win four or five of these last six, you'll find a spot in there and take it from there. But uh, we're going to play Port first, who are a pretty good side, and if we can keep momentum going, um, we'll keep talking about the weeks that follow. But boring answer, mate. But we're not good enough to be 
talking about whether we're going to win it this year. We're we're focusing much better now on who we're playing and, mm. and what our boys are going to do to win. Simon, Craig Jennings here. Um, I've learnt that you don't perform on-field without having a great off-field environment. So we've spoken a lot this morning around uh, the changes to the on-field in terms of personnel and game style. But what about off-field? What have you implemented in in your environment, whether that's in the football department or club-wide that's um, supported the on-field performance? Um, Yeah, look, our off-field... has changed a lot since sort of 2018 with obviously new senior coach, but you know new assistants in, um, in particular Brendan Laid uh, and Ruffy, who's part of the full program. Um, you know Ben Robbins, who's our club psych, David Rath, who oversees our, our coaching in our football program. So we've got really good people in place, in, in my view, um, and one of the better medical teams in the comp. So that's that's all structured pretty well. I think um, what has been different in the last four weeks is probably with the work we did to sort of understand the gaps uh, between us and uh, premiership team, we all now maybe talk a more specific language around those areas of, you know, team first and, and competitiveness and, and communication, sort of three of the pillars that make good teams. And, you know, we we talked a lot about, and Leopard would know, you know, when you look at premiership teams, you know, what, what do those three areas look like? And, and they're critical. I think we all now talk, review the game, um, and review our training and how we go about things with that language, with that lens about how to get better. So that's given us a better focus, I reckon, as compared to um, as compared to maybe the start of the year. So how significant was it, Simon, to be proactive with the bridge the gap work rather than necessarily wait till the end of the season and then do your do your soul searching then? Well, I think probably pretty significant, Jared. I mean. We were under the spotlight, under the pump, as as you do get across the course of the year. And um, you know, as they said, we could have won those two games, but it probably would have papered over some cracks that meant we were never going to win a flag if we kept going the way we were going. And maybe that's too, maybe that's too serious an appraisal too. But it's yeah, look, it's, there's no doubt it's helped us steer our course this year better. Um, I think you said a couple of times on 360 now, Jay, we could have floundered away here and um, and had a miserable old time, but we. You know, we, we got to work. We we wanted to work out um, what we all thought about where we were at and often that can be a harsher assessment too when you do that, but it certainly made us realise we had some work to do. Um, and I've heard some commentary about, you know, people saying that the way we've talked about that meant that there was terrible discipline issues and terrible standards. It wasn't the case. It's just that we actually identified that those standards and, and levels of professionalism and communication and competitiveness weren't going to win us a flag. So... Um, We've, we've certainly turned the dial and all that, but um, we are not there yet. We're in ninth spot, um, about to play a team above us. And for the next few weeks, I think we've got fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth. So we'll know if we're good enough by then. One of the delightful developments has been Luke Dunstan's, um, I don't know whether it's a return to form or, or what it is, but he's been absolutely striking. Does that change any contract discussions that were necessary to have? Oh, good on him. He's a good bloke, Luke Dunstan. He's a tough um, he's a good person at the club, well loved by the players. Good on him for um, for putting his career back on the trajectory that he's always wanted. Um, that's an opportunity that's arisen and been taken. Um, he's out of contract, you know. So a lot of people, um, I think, uh, you know, we'll talk to Luke at the right times about what next year looks like. But at the moment, a bit like. Uh, what I've said before about team first and competitiveness. Um, Luke's got competitiveness completely ticked and he's, he's team first stuff at the moment by looking after the best player 
for each club and also finding his own ball is, is why he's playing the footy is and um, no better test than trying to do that against Ollie Wines today. Yes. Um, two bulls cracking in at it uh, will be interesting. And so that's the evolution of Luke, that he's not just contested footy. He can go and do 45 stats at Sandy every week if he wants. But <laughs> getting getting 22 in, an, in a senior game and stopping their best player getting more uh, has been a really good focus for him and good on him. That's the way. That's the way. Hey, it, it appears that right across the competition, everyone's being asked to check with their players whether anyone was at the rugby on Tuesday night. Are, are you in that position? Have you checked with your group? Yeah, we certainly are. We um, we had one and, and he returned a, a negative test uh, about an hour ago. So all good, but um, probably a reminder for us all to tighten up our, our shackles a bit and um, leave the major events alone just for the minute. Did you, just in the tightened um, protocols... D- would you would you have thought that there would be players and staff at the rugby on Tuesday night? Should that have been a no go zone? Oh, look, I think in hindsight, the answer to that is no. They shouldn't have. There was, um, you know, there's there's the protocols with which we all live under here, um, which have certainly tightened. You know, this week, you know, tightened such to the fact that we couldn't leave our houses for the last three days, along with our families, except to go to training the other day. So. Yeah, it's a reminder to us all that um, you know one of our one of our football staff who can't make it, you know, popped into Woolworths the other day, and he's now in fourteen day isolation. So you can be oh, right. you can be stiff no matter how tight you are back yeah. down in the supermarket. So you know our, our key football IT guys not with us the next two weeks, and you guys step up and start putting the blue and white cords in the in the back of computers. <laughs> so um, <laughs> if you if you're at home if you're at home, Sam, we miss you. <laughs> uh, was your player? Is he playing today? Uh, no, he he was okay. one of uh, one of the non-selected guys, but um, yeah, which is which is handy. Yep, yep. Simon, thanks a lot for taking our call. Good luck for what's to come next, including the trip to Perth. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. Chief Operating Officer of St Kilda, Simon Lethlean. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free, and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.